Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So when I tell you that I'm tired... <laughs> so, <laughs> drove uh, you know, all, all day Sunday, all day Monday. Um, actually, uh, I, I spent, spent Sunday evening... Uh, in Cincinnati at my uncle's place, hmm. which honestly is the best way to end any kind of trip, but especially like a, a long and kind of hectic road trip because like he's right outside the city of Cincinnati, but it somehow has like curated this, the most peaceful retreat that I've ever been at. And like, I don't, I mean, a, a lot of it's just like, that's the kind of person he is. Right. But like his home is just so relaxing, um, and also I took a shitload of edibles and got like stoned out of my mind because uh, one of my other, uh, a couple of my other family members came over for dinner. I'm like, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> right. So I slept, I slept wonderfully Sunday night, and so Monday was just this chill, very relaxed day, getting back into town and whatnot. Uh, but today was the the first of my uh, my five a.m. shifts. Oh yeah, how and did so that I, go? I, I, I woke up at four thirty, um, and uh, I made it. I made it through the day. It actually it went pretty quickly. Um, first bit was kind of stressful because we had a shit ton of catching up to do from being like everybody being off yesterday. Uh, so there was a, like just a bunch of backlog this morning that you know hopefully in in the days to come won't be an issue. But you know I wrapped up at two o'clock and I was like, okay, I got to go watch this movie, <laughs> and afterwards like. I gotta fucking play some video games or something. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I can I can install these light bulbs if I want. I didn't. I haven't changed the light bulbs yet, but I did get new light bulbs for this room. Nice. Um and Ellen was just like, You have the whole day ahead of you. I was like, I do. <laughs> I sat down to watch this movie and I almost fucking fell asleep on the couch like five times. Let me tell you. So like five times. I not even I I they actually blacked out a couple times, but like somehow managed to only miss like a second or two each time. I, you know, there was a few times during this movie that I, I you know, I had my laptop in front of me and I was, you know, just kind of setting up uh, some posts for tomorrow for, for work. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, I'll just, you know, watch this movie and every so often, you know, when it gets a lull or whatever, I'll, you know, make a post or something. And when then like, it gets to when it gets to a lull and there was <laughs> like, it got to the point where I, uh, like the movie ended and I was like, Oh shit. I think I just worked through this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just, wait, there's, there's not more. I just, it's a, uh, it's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but movies I did not work through. Uh, so we've both seen Venom 2 now. Yes. Yeah. So what, yes. what were your thoughts on Venom 2? Okay, so I do need to go, uh, well, either go or I need to, in, in some way, I need to see it again because I was in a mood. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I, I went to the, the mall to see it and I bought my ticket and, and you know, I used the, the machine and of course it makes you pick your seats, but it was a completely fucking empty theater. I think there was like two other seats that had been sold and other things. So I picked my seats, but I get there like 10 minutes early before the, the, the showing and theater is still just completely empty so i go and i sat back middle like perfect spot like no one's gonna bother me here and like 
as it gets you know a few minutes to the showtime, a few people wander in. They sit kind of throughout the theater, like no problem. Everyone's spreading out. It's awesome. Yeah. And then three maskless fucks come and sit right next to me, like literally in the seat next to me. They line up in a row, and I just like I thought about keeping my mouth shut and just getting up and, and walking somewhere else, but I couldn't do it. And I was like, really? The whole fucking theater? You're gonna sit right next to me? And this middle-aged dude gets up in my face, like, these are our seats. We we picked them ahead of time, so get the fuck out before I throw you out. I'm like, no, fuck you. You're not throwing me anywhere. <laughs> right. So I moved, you know, whatever. N- not worth it. But I was so pissed off at this guy, the whole movie, that, like, I couldn't enjoy it. Now, that said, it was an, it was it was a ride. Um it was. I, I think they leaned a little bit more into the the cartoonishness this time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not really what I wanted, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a, not a criticism. Um, Carnage was fucking amazing. The the graphics for for Carnage. Uh, when I see those two fight, I want Venom to be more like Sam Keith drawing, like just hulking monstrosity, and Carnage to be this like long and lanky, and they kind of got that, but like not quite, you know. And again, the, the the visual effects were great. I'm I'm not critiquing them. Just you know, when I see those two come up against each other, that's what I want. Um, Woody Harrelson just like spouting poetry the entire time was so creepy. Um, Love the uh, the the very casual connection to um, you know possibly having the X Men in the MCU with uh, uh, was it Screech? Yep. Shriek, 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 Shriek being yep. a, uh, a mutant. Yep. And then uh, using la, the la, word la, uh, mutant, mutation. like her specific mutation. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Um, and of course, do do we talk about the post credit scene or mid credit scene? I don't. I mean, it's been uh, what two weeks now. No, it's only been a week by the time yeah. this episode airs. So I think no, I, I don't. Okay. I don't think we can. Uh, but I. But the movie, yes. Yeah. So I think you know that's what everybody loved the movie Annihilation. Um, but when I went and saw the movie Annihilation, the one with Natalie Portman um, mm-hmm, in it, mm-hmm. and when I went and saw the movie Annihilation, there somebody had brought a very young child, and not like baby, like a cognizant, like a seven-year-old kid who was yeah. just crying the entire time being like, this is really scary. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And the father yeah. was just like forcing them to sit through this movie. Now, mind you, there is a very graphic, long sex scene in this movie. And then it is gory, gory movie. And when hmm. it's not one of those two things, it is intensive, you know, deep thought, scientific, you know, droll. Like it's not, it's yeah. not an Avengers type movie. It's not, you know, Independence Day or something like that. Like this is a, that was a heavy movie and I couldn't focus because it was such a big deal. And it got to the point where the kid was crying the whole time being like, daddy, I'm really scared. I'm really scared. This movie is scaring me that me and like two other people got up. uh, You know, obviously this is years ago. This is before COVID, you know, when Mm -hmm. Annihilation was in theaters, we got up and like went and we're like, dude, this is a very hard R movie. Like, your kid should not be in this movie. Like, yeah. you should not be sitting here with him. And he's like, oh, okay, and then he left. But, like, that threw the movie off for me, and I fucking hated Annihilation. And yeah. everybody I tell that to was like, "What? how could you hate Annihilation? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> the I just... <laughs> experience can ruin it. It totally did. I yeah. went in there so excited, so happy because you know how much I love Venom. You love the first one, s- I remember. How stoked I was for for this one, and yeah, and, and um, you and I were, were talking a little bit about how uh, in the actual Lethal Lethal Protector uh, comic book storyline, it's all about like you know Eddie leaves New York for San Francisco for a fresh start. Venom has decided to he's going to be you know they're going to be a hero, uh, and they're they're going to. They're going to fight evil and injustice, but Spider-Man doesn't believe him and like chases him down and fights him and blah, blah, blah. And then there's the whole thing with the, the other symbiotes and whatnot. So really, they they did the Lethal Protector storyline in the first one, which is what got me so excited. What I thought was a little weird this time is the like it's like they realized for the first time that they were doing the Lethal Protector uh, thing. And they just decided like... We're just gonna say lethal protector as much as, as we possibly can. As much as we possibly can. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I, 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 I don't care. I just wanted to say step monster. <laughs> <laughs> Great callback. Yeah, I. You know my. Um, 
my problem with Venom 2, you know, uh, you know, truth be told, I didn't like the first Venom either. Um, I, I remember. I don't actually there. like Tom Hardy. Uh, I don't think he, I think he plays the same character every time. Um, and it just. I mean, the Venom voice is definitely just the Bane voice. Without the I'll mask. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, outside of the way Bane acts, he, Tom Hardy, he acts the same way in every movie I've ever seen. But anyways, that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, I, I actually, I like that they leaned into the like, uh, hetero life mate couple theme, you know, obviously they were very heavy handed with the, um, with like the gay relationship thing, you know, the scene where Venom goes to, you know, breaks away and goes to the, the, um, festival and was like, I don't need Eddie to, you know, tell me what to do and I'm not going to be in an Eddie closet and like. I get it. That was a little bit interesting, yeah. But it was very, it was a little too heavy-handed. Yeah. And my my complaint is is this. One or the other. I think if you just would have made this uh, a Venom getting to know himself, like, sure, you throw in some, anybody other than Carnage. Like, literally any generic, random bad guy trying to figure out who Venom is or something. Like, very super generic, very standard but then the focus of the movie is Venom trying to figure out the symbiotic relationship, you know, yeah. and get that going. That is a great movie. Or you go the other way. They're already established. They already have this fantastic symbiotic relationship. They're this perfect, great buddy cop. And then Carnage happens. And the yeah. whole movie focuses around Carnage because the whole Carnage thing is a backdrop to the story of them learning to be symbiote. And it's like, yeah, yeah but dude... It's fucking Carnage, man. Yeah. Like, it's in the title of the movie. Carnage is, I mean, like, <laughs> everybody's been waiting for Carnage. And it he, he really only had, like, one big scene towards the end of the movie. And it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I, I, I can agree with that. I, I think they could have definitely gone in, in a different direction with it. Um, and, you know, I think Carnage could have for sure been better used. Um, I do... The the way that they have the symbiote kind of reproduce, so to speak, in this uh, was maybe a little bit more uh, realistic and believable in some ways and less in others than what you see in the in the comics. In the comics, it's basically like you know the the symbiote like buds, like a like a new symbiote kind of reproduces off of it and like attaches to Cletus while Eddie's doing the the interview or whatnot. Um, that's that's a little weird, and I think it would have been really kind of awkward to portray. I think Cletus being so crazy that he just grabs Eddie's hand and bites him, and like that, like transfers uh, some symbiote DNA, like makes more sense. But how that becomes a fully separate and distinct symbiote, like that, isn't really clear how they they do that. So that that was weird to me. Um, also, the moment where Venom's like, "It's a red one. Oh, we better run!" I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, um, Venom himself seemed very out of character most of the movie. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that if they keep doing this, that that Sony has decided that they just want to do a parade of symbiotes, which like they're badass, yes, and like you know, you know it, it's a chance to really let the effects team run. Uh, but you know, you you do the Lethal Protector storyline. That's a whole bunch of other symbiotes that that Venom has to fight in order to come out on top and save the day. Save the day. Great. Perfect. Love it. You do Carnage. Of course you have to do Carnage. He's the big bad mm -hmm. for for Venom, you know, outside of Spider-Man. Uh, but then, you know, they they tease at they're they're going to be bringing in Toxin, who's more like another like anti-hero sort of symbiote like okay, like sooner or later you got to focus on Venom. Yeah. If you're going to have a series of Venom movies, they kind of have to be about Venom. And it, it's going to get tiresome. You know, I think about this when I think of the uh, CW series, The Flash, where every mm -hmm. season you're like, oh, cool. It's going to be this cool new villain. It's another speedster. All right. Yeah. Well, yep. okay. Yep. Or you're just bringing exactly. back Reverse Flash or, you know, Thawne or whatever, like five times. And it's like, I mean, like, didn't like, he fight anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> like the, other than speedsters, like come on, man. The Flash's Rogues Gallery is fun. They're all goofy. They're kind of stupid as far as villains go, and like 
that there's a bit of variety to them and then they team up and like he has to fight them all at once and like that's exciting that's that's interesting and you can have different iterations of them but like yeah just it's another more powerful speedster no yeah like i mean that does happen in the comics too but the comics have had decades to do that not like a few seasons of a tv show right of seven years in a row yeah yeah um but but i do agree with you in terms of uh of venom in terms of watching like how the symbiote spreads via a puff and stuff like that uh which I would still rather watch that than the Dust Walker. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, hello and welcome to the Never End of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I'm a geologist, and I think I know all the rocks. <laughs> I know every... Oh, you're a geologist? Name every rock. <laughs> Name every rock. Well, I don't know this metal, but I know it's not of Earth. <laughs> but these rocks definitely are. These nuts It's in the word, are. geo. It means Earth. I you know take a take a class <laughs> <laughs> the one fucking American in the right. entire show you know I just happen to have my degree on me did you want to read it again <laughs> just intolerable oh yeah so uh, we we're continuing on with uh, Nahoit presents a very mostly mostly Halloween <laughs> and uh, we are one week away from Caleb's birthday. It's uh, true. This is pretty exciting. I'm pretty it's excited true. for you because you're gonna hit the you're gonna hit it first, and then three weeks later I turn forty. So it's like K- Casey from the host of the Superpod HeroCast. He turned forty earlier this year. He he beat us in April, and then it's like you and then me. It's like boom boom right after one after the other. It's just wild. It's just wild, and we are on a ride this month. I mean, we sure I, are. Uh, as the name implies, I picked uh, four movies in a row that, at the the time that I picked them, were available streaming on Hulu. If they're not, when you go to watch them, I'm sorry, I don't control the the streaming platforms. I don't make the rules, but we think they'll probably be there for the month of October. Uh, but of course, in addition to uh, counting down to my 40th birthday this month. Uh, we are also counting down to episode 200. And with that, this is, uh, this is 198? 198. No, 197. Oh, no, this is 198, because next oh, week is 199, yeah, yeah. and then it's oh, Halloween, because wow. Halloween's in two We're, weeks. Halloween, which, uh, you know... We decided to, to to shift course a little bit, and for episode two hundred, we're we're going uh, we're going all in with uh, you know, just one of the craziest things that I've ever seen uh, put on you know on my radar uh, that's going to be available on Tubi TV. Uh, we hope again, as of the time that we planned, it was there. We'll figure it out. We should but check that to see if it's still this, there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very exciting month. Yeah, you know, we had uh, two two really interesting ones uh, to to kick off. Off the month, you know, with Intersect being a, a weird, was it kind of time travel? Was it maybe cosmic horror? Was it about aliens? We don't know. Uh, and then, of course, Willie's Wonder, Wonderland, the uh, uh, probably Nick Cage's finest performance of his entire I mean, career. That we've seen, totally, hands down. Uh, yeah, here we are today, and I, I, I've brought to you another just absolutely can't lose concept. We have uh, an isolated desert town in the Australian outback. We have alien parasites that take over and attack people and run amok. There's no way that this could go wrong. I mean, it's just a standard somewhat zombie uh, zombie film. But this is another one of those films like, yeah. It's like a zombie film or like The Crazies or like... the body snatchers, like, like, yeah, there are variations on this type of concept that have been done and done so well that you think like it's got to be good. I mean, we've done well, like turns four. out, <laughs> turns out it doesn't have to. It doesn't have those. It doesn't have to be good yeah, at all. That's not a prerequisite uh, for, for that plot. Uh, but this is <laughs> this is another one of those films, kind of like Intersect, where as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, but aliens for some reason, but not really. <laughs> Like, like it could be, but eh, only it, only sort of in the end, and you still kind of don't understand why. It was definitely supposed to be aliens, and the implication was that it was aliens, but then was it? Was it? And we just don't know. I, you know, this, you know, it's funny about this film, and I, I don't think this is a. I mean, this is not a commentary on Australia or this film, 
But had everyone not be speaking, uh, had everyone not be speaking in an Australian accent, I would have thought this was somewhere in the middle of, you know, insert random place, Texas. See, what clued me into this not being in the U.S. is that there was very obviously a remote, isolated, rural town, but it was gridded and, like, had really nicely, like, <laughs> grass-lined median streets and, like, everything. Like, it was, like, very good placemaking, entirely too good for the United States. So that's how I knew right away that it wasn't. And then we hear Australian accents, and I'm like, yep, Outback. It's got to be the Outback, yeah. By the way, that, uh, that was direct filmed. to uh, Ted Cruz, by the way. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck you, Ted Cruz. Don't listen to our podcast, Ted Cruz. If you are listening right now, Ted Cruz, turn off our turn fucking podcast. I don't. We don't want you. I d- fucking. Fuck God fucking damn it. Zodiac motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, 620 kilometers northeast of Perth, though. Ah, all right. Uh, is when this was filmed in Kew, a Western Australia. C-U-E-Q. C-U-E. I, I assume that's Q. I mean, Quay. that's what it That's what it is in English. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't... There's some sort of a... Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I do think it's funny that the tagline for this movie is um, It Walks Among Us. Does it though? But, but does it? <laughs> what exactly walks among us? Because it's not... It's just kind of standing around a little bit. And actually, if you're referring to it as the it, it's not even walking among you. It's literally living out in the fucking desert, hanging out with a it's, bunch of rocks. It's more tremor style. Like, it it's is, digging around under the ground. Yeah. And then only in the very end will it come out. Fucking, fucking classic. Yeah, I tremors. mean, Tremors is such a great movie. So, uh, so here's the deal about this movie. Um so this movie starts off. I okay. So I, I text you this, uh, you know, right when I started watching it. But I, I got about yes. 15, 20 minutes into this movie, and a few very, very notably, like, hey, we should probably do something about that. Things happen that are clearly not normal in this town, yes. and people were like, huh. Anyways, so <laughs> it's like, wait, like, like you saw a fucking alien spaceship. And there was like yeah. three people saw it and they were like, yeah, would you, would you yeah. look at that? It's a giant flying silver egg. Oh, look, it crashed out in the desert. The number of times somebody says, hey, what's up with Anthony? And nobody goes to check on nobody. Anthony. Yeah. Nobody. Or the fact Until- <laughs> they find his fucking dog mutilate, like brutally murdered beyond compare. And they're like, oh, yeah. There's, isn't that Anthony's dog? Oh, weird. He's walking away right now. Huh. That's weird. Anyway, weird. And it's like, that is weird. Fucking do something about that. You should probably like be panicking. (laughs) Because this is not the first scenario of that happening in the span of 20 minutes. (laughs) I also need to to take a a moment, and I'm sure we'll we'll critique the the actual filmmaking of this throughout because there's plenty of times to do this, but the like the editing was so choppy that there were so many times when like people were like running in a direction and then like within a second they were standing talking to each other or like you know, two people were running in the same direction and then suddenly one was holding the other back or uh finally someone goes to check on Anthony and Anthony's like a block away so he you know this guy Luke you know one of the other police I guess never find Maybe. out who, I don't what even the fuck know. he is uh, starts walking towards him, and then next thing you know, he's getting out of his car, and it's at least three hours later as the sun is getting lower. Like, what happened? I there there was also a scene <laughs> later, um, and I think it's this, a scene with Anthony, where the guy is holding a gun at Anthony's head. Uh huh. Uh huh. He fires the gun. So, but but the camera, but the edit jumps to the other side of Anthony, and his lower back gets a bullet shot wound. Yeah, and Anthony falls, and the guy is still holding the gun up high, not like down yeah. low where he actually shot him. And I was like, "Wait, yeah." So how did like I actually rewound <laughs> it? And I was like, "Wait, how did Anthony just die? Like what? Because it came out of his lower back, but the gun is pointing towards Anthony's face, and I did not understand what was happening. And I was like, I, "Fucking wait, trick shot! What? <laughs> this is like some JFK bullet bullshit. Like what the fuck is fucking going bullet on? bending, man? <laughs> he, he curved the bullet. This is secretly the wanted uh, sequel. Um, the whole time, he was but yeah, there was so much of those like quick cut edits that didn't match up. Oh that, yeah. Um, did nobody watch this before they released it? 
And they're like, yeah, that's the that's one. That's the one. That's, that's the, take the right That's there. the shot right there. This is going to get us the awards. Yeah, you know, and there was there was also a moment uh, with the music where she's in the diner for the first time. She goes in and she's ordering her coffee and the music starts like heartbeat thumping and it's like dum-dum, 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 yeah. dum-dum. But it's like the most mundane situation. And I was like- They do that a bunch. I don't, like, I don't understand why the music is getting all hyped up. Like nothing's happening. Like- Nothing's happening right now. Like you aren't leading up to something. Like it's clearly just these two people talking. You're setting up story. Why is the music so intense right now? I don't get it. And there was just Every like dogs, time. just dogs whining all the time. It was weird. Every time there's a creep out effect in the in the soundtrack that that builds, builds, builds. It's a stairway to nowhere. Yeah. There's, there's like it's like they're setting up a jump scare that never comes. Yep. Yeah. And then okay, so. So the movie begins, uh, and we see this character uh, by the name of Bill, uh, who we assume is, insert, uh, uh, infrastructure municipality type repair person for this town. So he's, um, so basically the, you know, the alien spaceship comes in, the kids see it, they don't think anything of it, it crash lands, a transformer blows, you know, on top of a, a, you know, like a, a cell tower or something. Bill heads out to figure out what's going on. Now, it's very early in the morning uh, is the assumption. And so Bill goes to kind of like figure out what's going on. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, weird. I don't know what's happening. Um, he looks down and he sees there is a, uh, a, a rat or a mouse that has been just exploded from the inside. Um, and uh, crawling, coming out of it is kind of like vines. They're, they look like little white vines coming out of it. And mm-hmm. he, he kind of pokes at it and he's like, oh, that's weird. You know, it poofs up at him, and he, uh, and we see the little vein, you know, the the typical vein, you know, the things are in his veins type uh, animation. And uh, so we get the the sense that Bill has now woken up uh, as as some sort of parasite person, and he just begins slowly walking towards town. Uh, Well, we we see this with a couple of characters, too, because there's one who... uh, We don't get any introduction to him before it happens, and I think it's Frank... That that you're thinking of that that because uh, he's like out just oh, like was out the on the guy? I thought it was out in the out in the brush. Oh that, yeah, like he finds that uh, Bill. It does happen to him fairly quickly, but uh, so I mean, let's talk about this. This is a, an instance of a movie that throws entirely too many characters at you and never gives you time to care about any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the you know like the. Very small exception. There's a couple that you kind of follow long enough to to care about. And mostly that's uh, Joanne, Joe, uh, who is basically like the sheriff of this little tiny town. And yeah, she does. She meets Bill out at the uh, the cell tower when they realize that the cell signal's out. And she's like, well, what what's happening? He's like, I don't know, but can you see the damage here? She's like, what do you, do you think there was like a storm that we missed? He's like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a storm. We probably would have felt that. The, meanwhile, they keep panning up to the uh, like the the tower, and like they show like wires like shredded, and like the metal crumpled, and the dishes like cracked, and like this thing is severely damaged. Oh yeah, and I mean, it looks like somebody panning. just fucking went bonkers on it with a giant bat. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they, they they keep panning you know to you know Bill and Joe having their conversation, then back to that as if to to hammer home the point like. This shit is fucked. Uh, there's this whole just back and forth, like, oh well, you think you can fix it? No, I've got to get some. You know, got to get an expert out here. That'll take at least a day. And like, the meanwhile, they got people like trying to to wire up uh, landline telephones by just randomly plugging Ethernet cables into a switch. <laughs> like, <It's> there's, not, <laughs> I, <laughs> there, there's a lot of it doesn't work like that in this yeah. movie that really bothers yeah. me. And they're like, oh, they're just get, they're gonna spin up a satellite for us uh, in the meantime. Like, I'm not, I'm sorry, no. Unless you have very specialized equipment, no one's just spinning up a satellite for your shit little town to have cell service, right? Especially it. when it's only half God a day damn. to get a replacement satellite. They're gonna be like, so you're just out of shit for half a day. Like, fuck off. There's like 20 people in your whole town. Like eat a dick, you know. Like, god damn it! <laughs> yeah, fucking cat. Um, oh no. Um, so, so the thing about introducing characters, I think, is really interesting. 
we get an introduction right off the bat of Joe and her sister, Steph. Uh, mm-hmm. So Steph is um, about to go back to school to be a teacher. And uh, so Steph and Joe are living together. Jo- uh, Jolene and Steph are living together. Uh, Joe came back to the town, became the sheriff. Steph uh, has been here her whole time. And she is uh, basically, her and her son are about to leave town. They're about to move uh, up to the city. And they're, you know, she's going to go to school and it's going to be a better life. But it seems as though Jolene is also leaving because there is a moment where Jolene talks to someone about like turning in her badge when she leaves. So it seems like they're leaving too. uh, Joe and Sam are going to move back to the city together. Uh, Joe is, is encouraging, I I guess uh, it's it's Samantha. Uh, Steph is the, the actor's name. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. Oh, see, I got confused because the actress is Joe and her character's name is Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Because why should you care? Yep. Uh, No, the, um, so uh, Joe makes gives us a little bit of exposition. This like you know Stephanie's like, why should I go to the city? And she's like, well, they for starters they have an actual university there, and you can be a teacher instead of just like just helping out or something like that. So I don't. I'm. It, we get the impression maybe she's like a teacher's aide or something like that. She works at the the elementary school. Then there's only like four school age children in the town, and then like four people that that Joe frequently refers to as teenagers, but are very obviously in their like early twenties at this point. Yeah. Which was also uh, fucking and, weird and unnecessary. And then like 27, like other adults. Yeah. Uh, and like one baby. Um, yeah. it's a very, very small town. Uh, but yeah, so the idea like, you know, you know, our, we, we learn later on, like their, their parents, you know, were, were lifers in this town. They loved it, but they, you know, they passed away and, um, Joe especially hates being here because it reminds her of that. So we, we get a little backstory. Like these two are about the only ones that we, we get enough about to care. Um, but we have a moment where, uh, Stephanie's little boy, Simon, I think maybe I can't remember. remember. Um, again, no reason to care. Literally. Uh, yeah. Simon. Yep. Yep. Simon Simon Sharp. Yep. Yeah. Samantha, Uh, Joe, Sam, Simon. And, uh, yeah, he, he wakes up and he hears like a noise and goes and wakes his mother up. And he's like, you know, there was a noise outside my window. She's like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be up in a minute. And she goes back to sleep. And so Simon goes and wakes up Joe and Joe's like, did your mom ignore you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you can sleep here. And he's, he's like, you know, I heard a noise and then they hear it again. And she's like, was that it? And he's like, yeah. So she goes to investigate, but course there's nothing and then we get the slow steady like you know the town gets cut off the the cell signal you know gets cut off because the towers are destroyed something messes with the power transformer and cuts the power to the town but also like several places continue to have power throughout the movie so that's inconsistent like everybody's Um, functioning like normal like the the cafe's up and running the diner's up and running like the lab is up and running yeah and like there there's all these like subtle little ways that uh that they get cut off early on uh figuratively uh eventually we'll talk about how they get cut off literally <laughs> which is fucking weird yeah but yeah that's that's what starts joe on the uh on the trek around town just very casually observing this like obvious crisis in progress and not 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 showing nearly the amount of concern that one would have in this that situation. a sheriff should have. Uh, her town is literally shutting down left and right, and there's a string of mutilated animals. So the thing about Sam too is they give her this story of like you're you're gonna make it, you know, like they set her up to be to have either a heroic moment or like a oh my God, is she going to make it moment? Uh-huh. And then you just don't fucking see Sam for like 45 minutes. And then she has yeah. like four more lines. Yeah. And then you just, then she just doesn't matter at all. And it was like, so why the fuck did you introduce Sam? Like, I don't understand. Like they could have cut all of Sam. They could have cut Sam being the sister and just had her be the school teacher and mm-hmm. the story would have progressed probably slightly better because you would have been more focused on Joe than even thinking about Sam. Because mm-hmm. Joe, I mean, Joe, Joe being the one saying like, hey, I'm leaving town. My parents built this town. 
you know, and like, you know, but I, I always wanted to do more, but I'm the sheriff and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out of here and go to the city and be a cop there. That's a, that's a cool, you know, one day away from retirement type story, you know, where you, yeah. you stress about them surviving, you know, the situation and stuff, but that's not right, what happened. Especially because we learned that she did get out once and only came back when her sister got pregnant to to help out. And so, right. like, you, you can have this whole thing where, like, she's been itching to get back out. Like, she she never liked it here, but, you know, she stayed to help out and she reluctantly took the job of sheriff. Like, cool, all right. Like, I can buy that. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah. Like, but that— I'm sorry, Samantha. Like, you weren't necessary. No, totally we're not. It's it's not your fault. <laughs> it's uh, Sandra Skibera's fault. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of which, uh, Samantha Sharp is played by Steph Dawson, uh, who played uh, Annie Cresta in The Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, really. Throughout the entire series. So that's pretty cool. She was also in uh, Seven Guardians of the Tomb, um, which is a really interesting movie. I did watch some of this movie, but I got bored and turned it off. Um, but the thing about it is that the font of Seven Guardians of the Tomb is an exact ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy font. Like, it's the <laughs> same font. That's um, amazing. But it has nothing to do with it. It's just like an Indiana Jones type, you know, or like uh, the Mummy type movie. Um, but but she's been in a few things. She was in uh, Clever Man, uh, which is a series. Um, she was in The Lennon Report. Uh, Creed Moria looks like a lot of Australian things, uh, aside from uh, the Hunger Games. Um, you know, pretty much all that, uh, Australian things. What really disappointed me about this the most is that, like, up until now, we've never been let down by anything that's come out of Australia or New Zealand. It's very frustrating. And like when I when I realized that that's where this was from, I was like. All right, like this is definitely going to be good. Yeah, it's go it's probably going to be funny. It was. It wasn't even it that. Wasn't, and the thing is, it wasn't is, good and it wasn't funny. And the and the other thing is, is that like it also didn't try to be funny, which no. made the movie worse because everybody was so blah about everything that yeah. nothing felt up or down at all. Like yeah. I definitely felt like I took a fucking Paxil and watched this movie. You know, or like, uh, you know, I don't know, any other fucking mood stabilizer. Like, you know, I took Xanax and watched this movie and then was like, oh, I didn't feel anything for that whole movie, stupid antidepressants. But actually, it's just because nobody feels anything this entire, like, even yeah. after the whole climactic ending, they're like, huh, all right, well. Good luck in the city, Joe. And she's like, yeah, oh my God. all right, I'll see you later. And it's like, wait. What you just witnessed and and like you had to kill a pr and there was just like half your town is dead and I feel like you should be talking about this. Yeah, I I thought we were gonna wait to 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 cover that, but let's let's get get into that. No reaction whatsoever. Everyone's dead. Like five people survive, and they've all gone through this massive trauma. They've seen all these people die. They've seen this crazy shit, and like. Luke, the the other cop, is like, well, I think I'm I'm gonna go work with them because you know, they they want to know everything more about what happens in case we need to fight them again. And Joseph's like, all right, have fun. And he's like, good luck in the city. And she's just like, it's like a sitcom ending. It just like the camera comes in tight on her. And she's like, hey, <laughs> and I'm like, that's. I mean, Samantha decides to stay. I which like like for, for you, what your family. Your your family just went through this horrible ordeal, and you know your your child has like three friends in in this entire town, and one of them was brutally mutilated. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Who's she gonna like, fucking teach? All the kids just got murdered, except for her own. <laughs> let's let's yeah, <laughs> let's definitely teaching? stay here. Like now is is you know I I wasn't sure before, but now I know. Like this is my place. No, you fucking no, leave. This, this you was leave your side. You. <laughs> You never look back and you never talk about that again. Yeah. You you tamp that trauma down good. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, Angela is still trying to drive through a uh, dust ball. Um, so before we get into that uh, and we get into the action, I don't know, uh, of this movie, uh, we're going to jump to a commercial break really quick. Uh, before we go, <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, guys. We super appreciate it. Uh, unless hey, you're yeah. Ted Cruz, then fuck you. Um, fuck you, Ted Cruz. But, uh, but everyone else, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we super appreciate it. If you are able to, go ahead and leave a rating and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. 
podcast, we'd super appreciate it. It's very quick and easy to do. Just, you know, go ahead and click five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever you feel, whatever you're feeling at the moment. Go for it. Yeah. Write a little yeah. something. That would be great. Yeah. Um, and if you're on any other platform and you happen to be around either Podchaser or Good Pods, leaving us a, a rating and review on there is also super duper helpful. Those are cool free ways you can help the podcast. But of course, always uh, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that being said, obviously, we have a lot of things coming up. Um, we have our 200th episode, Caleb's 40th birthday. Um, we are still making a movie, Somnium, our uh, short, yeah. which will be a better movie than this movie. I, I just know it. <laughs> um, but we're still it making... It has to be. It has to be. So we're still making that movie, and we still need your support. There's a link down below for Indiegogo campaign. Uh, you know, feel free to toss us a couple of bucks or share it out to, again, 100,000 of your closest friends um, and uh, help us make this movie so we can put our uh, put your money where our mouth is. Yes. And... Uh, And yeah, so we will be right back. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well... Maybe, but the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories, performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift Radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word? Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com slash storyteller. Hello and welcome back. So uh, this this is the town that Apathy built. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will say, though, uh, something about this, uh, I guess, you know, obviously this was written and directed by a woman. Um, so, you know, the fact that the women are the main, you know, Joe is, uh, you know, Joanne is the main character of this movie. She mm-hmm. never really has a damsel in distress moment. In fact, Luke nope. uh, typically kind of takes on that role of like, what should I do, boss? You know, is like, you know, which we typically see in um, in movies where, you know, male main character or female side character. Um, I definitely thought Luke was going to die. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I would have been apathetic if he did. Uh, and then, uh, and the other thing too, that I liked is that there wasn't really any sort of pending romance either. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was refreshing because uh, a lot of times those, you know, I, I was very much just having this conversation with someone, um, how Pacific Rim is almost a perfect movie. Um, except yes. for the the, the yes. romance thing at the end, which is very shoehorned into the end of the movie. Um, like, yeah. The whole idea of them being drift compatible because of shared trauma and like their their own like need to like to to get vengeance and prove themselves. Like that whole storyline, awesome. Like is it bad that they had a romance? No. Was it necessary? Absolutely not. Absolutely and not. Did it, yeah. it, it contributed nothing to the to the story, it, and like it's it's like why bother? Right. Like you all you're doing is perpetuating the bullshit. I, you know, and Fuck it's it's here. so frustrating because that could have ended up as like a, especially for Charlie Hunnam, uh, who is torn away from his brother. Like it could have been that moment where like, hey, like if I just open myself up and let someone in. Like I can find that best friend compatible. Like it could have been a buddy film yes. between, yes. between two genders. Like it could have just been that, like, 
hey, you just got to be open to the experience and bought, you know, like be open and share your feelings. And, that, and really, that's the message of the drift thing thing. Um, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. But anyways, I mean, honestly, I'm glad they didn't do this, but I feel like this movie would have done better if somebody made out. I mean... <laughs> Or, or something, anything. something would have happened. Anything. I mean, it's just one of those movies that it's it just was boring. I I was bored this entire movie. I I was bored of the of the plot of of the the zombies because like the other thing too about the zombies is they don't even really do anything. Um, no. So like, god damn it! They they kind of like stand on like they you know they set up a very creepy like they're all about to you know like they're waiting for activation type thing and like there's a whole bunch of them and they're creepily standing outside of non-infected people's houses and just sort of standing there and you kind of get the sense of like oh cool we're waiting for the mothership to be like go you know mm-hmm. but that never mm-hmm. really happens um and when the zombies do attack people there's no clear like they don't even go for the kill. Like yeah. Tony well, goes uh, back and like attacks his, his uh, girlfriend or whatever. And he just sort of like throws her around a little bit. Like he doesn't try to eat her or directly kill her. He just sort of like slaps her around and like picks her up and throws her. But there's no like, like what is it you're doing? Like, wh- but it's, it's inconsistent though, because Bill comes into town and finds where like his kids are at the school and just, eviscerates his daughter just absolutely yeah. tears her into pieces and like that's the the whole storyline where they find him standing there with blood all over his hands and like bill what did you do and like he's not responsive and it's creepy like that was like that had potential to be like a really good like creepy scary moment but they just dragged it out and it's just like hey bill bill how how are you bill yeah bill what are you doing bill bill Bill, where are the kids? Bill. And then, you know, one of them goes in and sees the, the mutilated body, checks every stall. And like, Joe, she goes in and checks like every stall in the toilet. And like, you know, looks like she's going to vomit. And you know, we know that two kids are missing at this point. I'm like, oh shit, like there's two bodies, but I only see one like pool of blood. And then, um, uh, Samantha goes back in the same toilets later and finds, a, a little boy that's like hiding in one of the stalls that Joe checked and rescues him. Where did he come from? Right. And then later when they all get away from there, you never see him again. It's not like, Oh, we got to keep an eye on little Timmy or no, it was Alex was his name or Albert. I don't it know. Didn't, it, was, it literally didn't. It matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. It, does, it, it was Albert. Uh, we got to keep an eye on little Albert. No, he's just gone now. Yeah. he, He's, he's gone. And then, like, another time, somebody just, like, chokes out a family member. And, like, there, there's no attempt to, like, spread the spores. So we see that, like, when an animal is killed, it sprouts those, like, tendril things. And then, it, like, bursts out these spores. And, like, you know, the first guy to get infected, Frank, just touches them. And they, they get into him. It's fine. And then, like, other people, like, get sprayed with them. We, we have a scene in, like, you know, the diner. Uh, where uh, a cockroach dies on the table and it sprouts the the tendrils and poofs the the spore cloud out and everyone in the diner is infected, but they don't go and infect other people and like they don't die and like sprout the tendrils and spread the spores. Like I was when I saw that and when they reference, um, they don't they don't reference specifically the cordyceps by name, but they talk about a fungus that infects ants and spreads via spore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that sounds a lot like the cordyceps fungus, which, if you remember, the girl with all the gifts was based on that concept and was fucking brilliant. Oh, that's true. Like, oh, that movie was so good. But the 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 book and the film like near flawless and like one of the most inventive and horrifying zombie concepts I've seen ever. Uh, and I'm like, okay, they're playing off of that, like. You know, it's it's been done, but it it hasn't been done that much, so it's not totally played out. Like, let's see a new take on this. Oh, it's an alien fungus. Okay, cool. Yeah. But is it? Yeah. So that's the other frustrating thing, too, is that when we see the creature, alien or terrestrial uh, creature, it also eats the infected people. So it's like... so what is, yes. what is, what is actually like, what is the threat? 
because like yeah, they'll so die easily. Like you could just shoot them in the stomach and they die. So it's not yeah, like they're they're super powered or strong or faster than anything else or specifically trying to kill you. Half the time they literally just stood around creepy. It was just like, what do you do? What is what is the purpose of these zombies? I don't get it. Yeah. They're not like, you know, traditional zombies where there's like a very specific way that you have to kill them. Removing the head or destroying the brain. That's <laughs> something I didn't have thought I'd say on television. Um, <laughs> it, 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 so like, yeah, like you said, like you know, one of them gets shot in the leg and like slinks off and, and, and like, you know, you know, maybe presumably bleeds out. I don't and know. Just but yeah, the, there's, there's a creature and like we get hints of a creature like we see a silhouette in the distance we hear its roar we see it like moving under the ground and like they they do an, they, an okay job of like slowly introducing the creature not not good enough in my opinion but like they kind of get that concept where like don't show it right away but when the creature does start showing up it starts dragging the infected away and we like at the end we see it like take all the infected it's been collecting them it's been putting them in a pile and it burns them. Yeah. So was the creature the alien and it's protecting humanity from this this infection? Was the infection alien and the creature was from Earth? Or were they both aliens and it was like a scenario where like one was chasing the other? Because like we see in the beginning we see the fireball uh yep. crash land. Uh but then shortly after it, the the one girl, I think it was Michelle, sees like a silver floating uh, ball of some sort that follows after it. So that leads me to think, okay, these are both aliens. And like, it's a concept where like, you know, almost like an alien versus predator thing where like one is hunting the other. Um, yeah. But like benevolently rather than like with, you know, with, with alien versus predator, it was more of a uh, most dangerous game thing. Like they were bred and set out and like, like, Game on, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's all of that to say, like, who the fuck knows? The, there's no explanation whatsoever to what's happening and no attempt to find, like, the people don't care. They don't try to figure out. There's one doctor who apparently is also just like a super scientist who, like, looks over every specimen and is like, ah, aha. And then, like, you know, it acts like he has a big discovery and then never shares it. Never share it when we just don't see it. And they also like the fact that they're like, get it to the doctor. Like, that's not like you're not going to send a bunch of dead animals to a fucking doctor. He's going to be like, I don't know. I'm a fucking yeah. doctor. Send it to mm -hmm. like a biologist or a zoologist send it to the lab. or <laughs> somebody who studies this. I get fucking, it to a, like a, a toxicology lab right. at a university or something like he's, that. Like play, he's a fucking like play. small town doctor. He's gonna be like, dude, I I barely handle anything higher than the flu. I'm a fucking doctor in a thirty person town. Like, what am I gonna yeah. do? Uh, it was oh, yeah, so mad. I but it's but and then but we you know we what? have the American too. We we have to talk about Angela. We have to Angela, the geologist who is just whipping around the outback in her like station wagon and taking photos and just being like, wow, wow, wow. And then like she gets Joe out to show her uh, the impact crater from one of the, the crash landings. And Joe's like, I, I don't understand what I'm looking at. And she's like, these rocks. Can't you tell? They're, I'm a geologist, and these are definitely rocks. And Joe's like, "But are you sure they're rocks?" And she's like, "I think I know the rocks. Did I tell you I'm a geologist?" <laughs> it's what? What are you trying to say? Like, I don't understand. And like, they look at the hole, and she's like, "Wow, look at that hole. I wonder what made it." Anyways, we're gonna go in the opposite direction of the hole and never like investigate it whatsoever. And I was like, "Wait, no. I think you should probably investigate that." Like that's another one of those things that you should look into immediately, and then that's where like you, you mentioned like like these major characters the the ones that they're trying to make us care about are all women, and I love that. 
but they're so poorly written. They have no depth whatsoever. None. Neither do the men. No, like, oh, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's not like a, a situation where they, they wrote the women worse than the men, right. uh, which often happens. Nobody has any depth. And like, I wanted to care about these characters. I, I, I thought that there was just a, an, an inkling of something interesting about each of them, but it was never explored. However, Angela... Angela's out driving and she sees not just a dust storm, but just a wall of dust storm that isn't like it looks like it's moving, but it's actually none. It's just stationary at the the basically like the border of the town. Yeah, and I think like, uh, like the mummy returns when the giant yeah, or like the scorpion yeah. king thing when the giant dust wall happens. It's that. Yeah, and she she calls into the town on the radio and she's like, "I found a thing," and they're like, "Angela, don't." Don't drive into the thing. And she's like, I'm going to drive into the thing, though. She's like, they're like, Angela, definitely don't do that. She's like, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, you're breaking up. And she drives straight into it and just keeps going, keeps going. And like, there's no way this storm doesn't just destroy her, first of all. But she manages to get through it completely unharmed, uh, only to find herself back where she started from. So there's a, an element of Schmigadoon? mysticism. <laughs> Yeah, Schmigadoon, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, like, w what caused the dust storm? I mean, the it's, creature. It's the creature, because the creature's the dust walker, but like... When, when the creature burns the bodies, the dust storm goes away. So the the only thing that I can, I can piece together from the context clues, not from the actual movie, which should have told me these things, sure. but from context clues, is that this infection... Uh, it was from somewhere out there. It came speeding through the stars, crashed on Earth, started infecting animals, spread to humans, uh, and so forth. This creature, the Dust Walker, followed it, and it's responsible for like cleaning up and like preventing the spread of it. And so, in doing so, it threw up this dust storm somehow to contain the town to prevent the the infection from spreading outside of it. And isn't like actively trying to like go out and, and stop the infection, but just collecting the infected and then burns them. Until eventually it gets to patient zero, which I'm not going to lie. That's a cool fucking plot. That's a really cool plot. Yeah. Um, I, I love that the idea of that sort of, that's very like alien versus predator, you know, like it's mm -hmm. very along those lines. Like that would have been cool. Or what was the, uh, um, the the gunslinger episode of Doctor Who where they got the the like cyborg that's hunting down the doctor, um, but it's like the the alien doctor that that created him like that kind of concept yeah. is is kind of along those lines because it was hunting down all Mercy. of these people that were culpable you know and you know, there there are other similar concepts that that are like that I I think that that's that's neat if they had really explored that idea and like. You know, this creature, it's not attacking us, it's attacking them. What does it want? And, you know, Joe seems to think that it can communicate, that she can communicate with it. And, you know, at one point, like, she she shoots her gun to get its attention. And then, like, it's starting to drag off uh, Michelle's mother while Michelle's mother is, like, clutching Michelle's arm. And she's like, don't take the girl. And the creature just looks at her and she's like, don't take her. Don't take the girl. And... The creature just stands there, so she has time to, like, hack the mom's arm off with a, a shovel. And the creature's like, are we good now? Can I can I leave? Am I good? I got, I got work to do. Yeah. Like, do you see the shit that's happening? Like, <laughs> I am on overtime right now, lady. I have got to go. <laughs> I have a date tonight. I can't be fucking around with you and your shovel. Uh yeah, and and then you know again, so like the creature takes them, burns them, and then everybody's just like, "Well, that's another day in the books, folks. I'm gonna go <laughs> off to bed. See y'all later." And they're like, "Yep, yeah, just another day." And everybody goes oh off. God. I know I was having a southern accent and they're really Australian, but you can get it. Uh, but you know what? Good enough. Yeah, uh, I I do think there is there is a very funny uh, IMDb review that says you can probably walk your dust to another movie, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> kudos to that uh, reviewer. That is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is The Dust Walker, which is currently available uh, streaming on Hulu. So should you watch this movie? No, absolutely not. I I can't recommend it for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> I, it's 
It's roughly an hour and a half long. I got to the 50-minute mark and paused it to see how much longer it was because I was trying to debate, should I take a nap and come back to this later so that I can fucking pay attention because it was literally putting me to sleep. Yeah. And, like, I, I wanted to like this so bad. And I mean, the concept's what? great everyone involved with this like i'm sorry that we just spent an hour shitting on this movie but like you should feel bad yeah and you know what i mean really at the end of the day when it comes down to this there's only a couple of people's fault that made this movie bad there are you know 60 70 people maybe 100 people who worked on this movie that look man i get it you, you worked mm-hmm. on your film you didn't make this movie bad and we know that and i'm sorry uh, mm-hmm. It really comes down to, you know, those key people, you know, director, the, writer, producer. The writer, director, who are the same person? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, and that's where we know uh, swing and a miss, which, you know, it happens. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yes. You know. I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast if it didn't. If it didn't. I mean, we we have done some movies from from directors who have done good movies before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we watched over this one and we're like, not, not this time. And that's okay. No. No, you okay. know what? You, you 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 can't win them all. Yeah. Although I am uh, I am intrigued by the uh, the witches of Blackwood. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm down for witchy things. So, which was originally titled The Unlit, which Sick. actually is almost a better uh, better title in yeah. my opinion. Oh, I'm trying to see which if has there's uh, anything... Cassandra Magroth in it and Lee yeah. Mason. So it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that this writer and director has made so we can have a moment of like, oh, yeah, well, actually, she's really good. And this was just like, you know, uh, an off day. But like m- like 23 uh, producer credits, most of which are shorts, six director credits, none of which I know other than this movie, five writer credits. Again, none of them I know other than this movie. So I can't. I, I have no... I have no like parting words of exoneration for Sandra Sabaris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really yeah. am. I wanted. I I picked this movie because it looked amazing, and I wanted to love it. And you know, you let me down on my fucking birthday month of all. <laughs> God damn. It. You know <laughs> how dare and you? It's super how weird because <laughs> her other directing uh, stuff is like a dra- like a drama and a romantic comedy and then dust walker. So like this is yeah. this was a a big stretch for her in terms of genre. Um, and I, I wonder how much of that like you know the this is very much just like a very low key dry drama and I wonder how much of that was uh, like this was just so far outside of the the you know writer director's wheelhouse that they just couldn't pull off the sci-fi horror aspect of it. And in trying to do that, also failed at you know maybe you know what they're good at. I don't know. I'm pro- honestly probably never going to watch anything else that they've done. Right, right. But I mean, you know, good for you. You made a movie. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So that being said, so that is uh, the Dust Walker. So again, we can't recommend this movie, but you know, if you happen to have watched it already. Sorry, uh, if you had a different opinion on this movie or if you also want to join in on uh, dumping on it, um, <laughs> hit us up on social media. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at The Nahoit Podcast, The N-H-O-I-T Podcast. You can always hop onto our website and shoot us a message. Uh, and of course, we have a Discord, uh, which is linked down below. You guys can pop into Discord and be like, yo, this is what I thought of this movie. Or like, let me tell you something else that was crappy. Or, hey, hmm. here's something you missed that I think if you looked at it from this lens, you might you might think differently on it. Uh, we're down. We want to hear it all. Let us know. Yeah, uh, I would love to do that. So, Caitlin, what is our our movie next week? Is uh, Ghost Team? Ghost Team. So, uh, it's the, the the dude from Napoleon Dynamite uh, oh, assembles right. a, a paranormal investigation team. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they call it a comedy, but we'll find out whether or not it's really a tragedy. I mean, John Heater and Justin Long. Uh, David Crumholtz, uh, Paul Downs, like, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's given me hopes. It, it looks fun. And you know, I, I love, I love paranormal investigation shit. And I also love spoofs on that. You know, we did the, the one that was basically like a knock on the Scooby gang. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I love this shit. So like, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope it doesn't let me down. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Um. All right, guys. So thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>